Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Craig Balanzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each Friday we invite our listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And once again, it's good morning to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew. Uh, hi, Craig. It's, of course, been a pretty torrid week for the US, Matthew. They hit 200,000 new COVID cases in a single day, the first time on record. And rather alarmingly, New York, who has always always imposed pretty good lockdown measures, has had a surge itself. So I thought we could kick off this week by trying to lighten the mood. Matthew, we are now well and truly into the 2021 Australian cricket season. What are your plans for that famous Boxing Day test? Well, Craig, as you know, I'm originally from Melbourne and we usually spend uh, Christmas down there uh, with the extended family. and it's a bit of a tradition of ours to watch the opening overs of the Boxing Day test on TV. But uh, because of current circumstances this year, I, I won't be down there. But I'll still get a sneaky look um, at, the, at the opening overs on TV, I think. But actually, a bigger Boxing Day tradition in the household um, is actually watching an event that you guys hold in Sydney, Craig, and that's the start of the Sydney to Hobart yacht race, which I think, um, from not being a Sydney cider, but it, it would have to be one of the greatest visual sporting events in the world with the backdrop of the harbour and, and whatnot, and I certainly won't be missing that. Yeah, I think it's the first time Wild Oats is not going to be in the race this year due to COVID. So even yachting is being suffering from the COVID curse. This week, we had the Australian National Accounts released, and the big news was that we are technically out of the recession, having managed COVID so well. What were your overall highlights, Matthew? Well, Craig, the, you're right. The, the, the rebound that we had was actually slightly stronger than uh, we expected, uh, with growth a tad over 3% for the quarter. And that's bearing in mind that's with Victoria being in uh, lockdown uh, and had in fact you know Victoria performed in line with the other states growth would have um, been you know in excess of five percent for the quarter um, the good news is that the economy uh, is gaining now f- um, from a Victoria reopening and with all the state borders um, open and that momentum will carry us through into 2021. Uh, On a more cautionary note, I'd say the data also tells us that economic activity, notwithstanding the rebounds that we're seeing, still remains uh, well below uh, levels that we saw a year ago, about 4% below on on an annual basis. Um, Other highlights is, uh, you know, clearly the data's confirmed that the consumer, uh, with the help from the government, is is driving growth in the economy. but what we need to see happening over 2021 is, you know, a transition of reliance on the on the consumer and the government towards business investment. We really need to see that recovery in business investment, and that will be the true test of how we emerge from COVID. That is whether or not businesses regain confidence enough to start investing again. Yeah, but it's still great to see that direct fiscal spending has had an impact and uh, an outcome for the Australian economy. Matthew, in our last podcast, we discussed certain sectors in the Australian economy that should rebound well as Australia's recovery heats up. With this latest set of accounts that you've been watching, what sectors have now rebounded well? Well, um, for the quarter, the gains uh, were pretty broad-based across all sectors with only 
agriculture and mining experiencing small drops in, in activity, but that's more a, a, you know, sort of a seasonal sort of function there rather than, uh, you know, really um, anything to do with the weakness in those sectors. In fact, mining's booming at the moment, as we know. Um, with the economy reopening across Australia, with the exception of Victoria, that is, um, and with the consumer um, coming back to life, it, it wasn't surprising to see those sectors, you know, related to hospitality and leisure really roaring back to life. And you have a look at accommodation and food services, for example, that surged over 40% in the quarter. Um, wow. Arts and recreation were, were another big mover. You know, they were up 15%. Um, but we also saw solid, if not slightly more modest gains, in healthcare, um, sectors related to housing, uh, such as real estate services, IT, transport, retail trade, and, and even manufacturing. Um, in fact, you know, retail trade is now up by almost 3% compared to a year, uh, to a year ago. Um, one thing I find uh, with, you know, what's happening in the sectors and the, these big gains that we're seeing in, in um, areas like uh, uh, accommodation, food services, which includes restaurants, of course, is that what we're seeing is this desire of people to get out and about. Um, and you can see it, you know, picking up hospitality and recreation, as I said. Um, now, the interesting thing to me is while COVID, you know, has accelerated living in the virtual world with work from home and online shopping, COVID's actually also exposed our basic need that we have for face-to-face -face interaction. And Matthew, I wonder if that real estate surge you noted before is uh, specifically Byron Bay, maybe one for a future <laughs> podcast. You're listening to Craig Balanzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the implication of the investment outlook following the release of the national accounts. Matthew, despite the welcome news that we're out of this recession, some large Australian sectors must still continue to struggle under these new ways of living with COVID. How did these sectors fare? Yes, Craig. Well, I, I think you get a a more sobering picture of the economy when you shift your focus away from those quarterly growth rates with all those big surges to the annual growth rates. And so notwithstanding the strong quarterly outturns that we've seen in some of these sectors, such as accommodation, transport, arts and recreation, um, they're still down on an annual basis by between 15 and 20%. Um, other sectors that remain down on an annual basis or agriculture, uh, mining, manufacturing, construction, uh, IT and professional services. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of industries that are still, you know, down, haven't recovered back to uh, where they were a, a year or so ago. So we're still some way, we still have some way to go uh, before we get back to a normally functioning economy. Also this week, Matthew, geopolitical tensions arose between Australia and China. Um, when you look at the exposed areas of the Australian economy, how immediate do you feel these, this escalation could occur to our economic prosperity? Well, recent developments, as, as you say, with China are certainly a, a concern, Craig. And uh, But, you know, on the other hand, we, we should put them into context. Um, thus far, China's really been targeting uh, our agricultural exports. Now, we export around $12 billion of uh, rural commodities to China annually, and that's about uh, a little under a percent of GDP. So it's, it's, it's not um, trivial, um, neither is it uh, uh, 
really significant either. Um, to give you a comparison, in the month of October alone, in the uh, balance of trade data just released by the ABS, we exported $13.5 billion worth of iron ore to China in a single month, the same as the total agricultural exports in a year. So while rural exports um, and thermal coal exports for that matter uh, to China are important, they really pale into comparison uh, with iron ore and metallurgical coal. Now, the thing about those two exports is China has no alternative to Australia as a source of iron ore and met coal. And both of those uh, inputs are necessary in the production of steel. And this means that our major source of revenue from China, met coal and iron ore, is largely insulated from the current spat. Um, right. However, another large source of revenue from China comes also from tourists and students. Now, COVID has shut the door effectively on these two sources of revenue. But once COVID passes and international borders reopen, these two industries could become exposed to a China clampdown on travel to Australia, if that's what they chose to do. Yeah, really interesting. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter, is taking us through the current economic factors shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, a critical ingredient of a good business is diversification, and we've really enjoyed that economic trade support that China has provided Australia for some time now. Do we have the time now to find other trading partners to support Australia alongside China? Yes, I think so, Craig. Um, as I said, you know, iron ore and met coal uh, really dominate our export revenue from China, and China has no alternatives to uh, those sources of uh, of uh, commodities for around about a decade, meaning that we, we've got this pot of of revenue probably secure um, from China for at least five to ten years, I'd say. Um, and I think those export revenues mean that we don't have to race out tomorrow and, and all of a sudden find a new trading partner. Um, we have time to reorient our trade in rural exports and the services exports, such as tourism, um, to elsewhere. And we have the great advantage as well of sitting in the largest region in the world by population, with many of those economies actually growing their middle class. and and. As the middle class in countries such as South Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, Vietnam, as they grow, they'll be spending more on things like travel, things like health, education, all the services which Australia has a true international comparative advantage in. And we clearly need to start moving now in developing a presence in these countries, as well as ensuring that we offer um, services that are world-class and at a competitive cost. Um, tilting now just towards our rural exports for a moment, uh, there's also alternatives there, not only in our region, um, but also in Europe and uh, North America. Uh, our rural industries that are most exposed to China turn out to be wool, barley, lobster, wine, cotton, fruit and dairy. and Interesting, I came across a recent study by the Rural Bank which identified alternative markets for these exports and they include places like uh, India, uh, Italy and the Czech Republic for wool, for example, and Saudi Arabia, Japan and Thailand for barley. So we can draw on a diverse range of countries, including exploiting our 
presence here geographically in the East, in the East Asia region, but also other um, potential uh, partners further abroad. Thanks, Matthew, for those insights today. In summary, a real consumer-led recovery for our economy directly related to the government's fiscal response. And keep an eye out for that transition from the public to the private sector through increased business spending. And with global travel restrictions in place still, but open borders within Australia, tourism and leisure is getting a major boost. And we could see the return of other sectors, including our third largest sector, education in 2021, as Australia's COVID management potentially enables offshore students to return. And finally, of course, global trade is such an, in, an interesting spot at the moment. So a topic we will explore further in next week's QPod episode. I'm Craig Valenzuela for QIC's QPod. And with New South Wales recording a new COVID case after weeks of nothing, please stay vigilant. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.